always like to hear about the old timers. Never miss a chance to do so. You can't help but compare yourself against the old timers. Can't help but wonder how they would have operated these times. That's part of the opening monologue of today's movie, and it really sets up a central idea of the movie. How would the old timers handle what is happening now? The Coen Brothers' best picture winning neo-western uses the setting and vibe of classic westerns mashed together with mid-2000s ultraviolence and nihilism, using the style of classic cinema to pose modern questions. How would old timers handle a force of chaos that serves to prove that nothing matters? How would old timers handle a world where you either retire or end up dead in a pool? How would old timers handle evil slinking back into the shadows? A big question is, should we even be concerned with what the old timers would do? After all, this is No Country for Old Men. Call it. This is Best Pictures, the podcast where we pick our favorite movies for every year we've been alive. I'm Kitty Lunsford, and I'm joined, as always, by... I'm Mark, and I need to know what I stand to win. Everything. You stand to win. Everything. I'm Chad. Um, hey, hey, boys. We, I, we do, <laughs> I, I think this is the first time where all three of us did dialogue from the same scene the same scene <laughs> it's a pretty iconic it's scene a, it's a good scene it's a I'm, good scene chad don't talk with your mouth full i'm finishing my dinner <laughs> this is the last bite um yeah i i kept thinking about how javier bardem says call it uh all this previous week to date exactly when this uh episode is recorded i just kept thinking of him saying call it call it, call it. oh because uh well yeah this will come out a year all right, a year, a, a week later. <laughs> I mean, might feel like as well be. Um, hey, hey, hey. But yeah, we, we've been waiting on the election to be called. All week. Right. That's, that's Are we going to pretend we don't know what happened? It's felt no, like a not. year. Well, since here's the, the thing. I kind of want to avoid talking about the election other than just that little bit of context, because. I don't know. News is happening fast and Trump is actively trying to steal it right now. I don't know. Right. And Chad doesn't want to Robert Durst it. And by that, I mean, accidentally kill people. <laughs> right. I don't want no, to do that. I meant, I meant the jinx. He doesn't want to jinx it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to be every podcast from 2016. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, see, all of those did it before. We are doing it after. But, but the the stealing thing is we don't know how that's going to shake out yet. Um well, it was decided in Pennsylvania, and they are the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't know, man. Hey, that <laughs> was know. that was decent. That was actually pretty good. Well, I have joined. Uh, fuck, I wish I could remember. I joined Parlor today, and I, I did too. We need to follow each other. <laughs> I did not join Parlor. Did you actually join Parlor? I have an account. I'm not following anybody, but I just wanted to like click around and see what's going on. It it's not sucks. good, right? Yeah, it's basically <laughs> yeah. just that Jack Pazibiak motherfucker guy just yeah. saying, "Oh, Facebook's bad, and we're good." And that's is that right. conservative Twitter? It's conservative. Y- yes. Twitter. It's, yes, it is. It's uh, it's a place for free speech, freedom of speech. They they won't take down anything. They won't take down except child they will because well because people put like ball sack on post and people did and they did take it. That's down. incredible. It's a good bit. Yeah. 
Um, almost as funny as Alex Hirsch, creator of Gravity Falls, reporting that the Hamburglar was in. I don't know if you guys saw that. He did, did a call. Yeah, it was in the call as Grunkle. Voice. Oh, Zeus was the Hamburglar. He yeah. did a Grunkle Stan one as well. Um, yeah, he was doing like all the characters, but the oh, one about the Hamburglar was like the. I saw this guy. Like he was wearing a <laughs> he was wearing a black mask and he had a bag full uh, of hamburgers. I think he might be Antifa. <laughs> It was really good. Hey guys, uh, it's been a long week and we've lost our minds. And watching the movie that we did as things were happening, I thought was kind of interesting. So we'll it we'll kind of is dive interesting. Into that. I do have thoughts. Yeah. But, but first, yeah. we need to talk about what we saw at the Megaplex. Um which feels like eons ago at this point. Um, so I'm going to have to remind the boys what they're supposed to talk about. Uh, no, I, I remember. remember. I just, all I watched this week was uh, election, election coverage. coverage. So yeah. I will talk about something I saw the week before, right. uh, which is this Apple TV plus original movie on the rocks uh, yep. by Sofia Coppola starring Bill Murray and uh, Rashida Jones. And uh, it's simply delightful. It's perfectly splendid, as they say on the other thing I watched kind of recently. Um, the, the news? The Haunting of Bly Manor. Yeah. Oh. Um, which I didn't like. Cody liked it. But yeah, it's it's incredible and heartbreaking. Not, but not we're not going to do this. <laughs> That's fine. Um, but on the Rocks rules, uh, let's see. It's been a while since I've watched it. But it, yeah, the... <laughs> <laughs> the performances um, were what really stood out to me. Bill Murray and Rashida Jones are both incredible. Marlon Wayans is boring and a weird choice for yeah. the role of Rashida Jones' husband. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's just like an interesting sort of deep dive into one person's like insecurity in her marriage. Uh, Rashida Jones. It's just like this one like off moment that like she reads a lot into and then her dad kind of enabler enables her to like spy on her husband um and chaos ensues and hilarity ensues and it's a, it's a fun kind of light time heartbreaking at times but at the end of the day feel good movie yeah uh the entire soundtrack is by phoenix which is fun if you guys remember phoenix I don't um, remember Phoenix. They had Listomania. Listomania. Dum, 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 dum. Uh, look, I saw the movie. That doesn't, I don't think that song's in it. I mean, no, I, that song isn't in it. They did new music because Sophia oh, really? Coppola is married to the lead singer of Phoenix. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, what do I have to say about On the Rocks? I haven't seen it. I don't know. Um, You're the biggest uh, Bill Murray stand, right? Nope. Yeah. And we and, talked about this a little bit on the conversation that got lost to my computer uh, crashing. Yeah. Uh, Rudy. Ru Rudy stole our files. Rudy. Hunter Biden's laptop has the episode on it. We just yeah, need to get is. our hands on the laptop. Chad yeah. had the laptop from hell. I yeah. actually did have the laptop from hell when I spilled coffee on it and it stopped working. Um, But I, I, I also... Go ahead, Mark. I was going to say I tried to watch it and... Apple TV has been doing this weird thing where it like buffers for me. I tried to yeah. watch On the Rocks and I also tried to watch Hala, which is another movie on there. Yeah. Uh, and it like it skips and I don't like that. So November 12th, baby. That That's when you and I will be able to watch Apple TV stuff because that's when it's coming to PlayStation. Um, um, okay. I would have I, to plug my PlayStation in. You idiot. 
I have an Apple TV, and but I also have a smart TV, and the smart TV I have actually has an Apple TV app now. Yeah. Um, so I really don't need an Apple TV for anything anymore. No, honestly. I Apple TV is the only one that's not on my TV, and I think it's the same for Mark, where that the app is not on his TV. I they added the app checked. to Vizio. Now. Okay. Oh, okay. They added the app to Vizio really recently. I am actually curious since it's coming to the PlayStation and I have a Sony TV if it's not far behind, but it is supposed to launch with uh, the PS5 and will be coming to PS4. So that will ease me being able to watch Apple TV. Yeah. uh, Plus, which is good because there's a, yeah, there's a lot of good stuff coming. I want to watch Dickinson. I want to watch Ted Lasso. Is it Sarah Barella's JJ Abrams show? I'm fine without that one. Still don't. I am just curious what the tone is. (laughs) Uh, Well, JJ did Felicity, which is like a pretty just like normal drama show. I think it is truly a normal drama. Sure. Um, no mystery boxes or anything? I don't think so. Um, but yeah, I, I, I want to watch things on Apple TV Plus. It just they haven't made it the easiest. And they're um, gonna have all the Charlie Brown specials on there. Uh, yep. That's their big library acquisition, that and Fraggle yeah. Rock. Be interested to see if they grab anything else. So what I'm gathering here is like in terms of like the rates at which we watch things on Apple TV, Cody is like never. I'm like rarely. Chad uh-huh. is like sometimes. Uh, yeah, and then the I watched on the like... rocks. I've really, I watched. What did I watch? Oh, I watched that defending Jacob show. That was pretty good. Yeah, I watched. Um, there's something I watched on Apple TV Plus. Oh, Boys State, which I told you guys to watch. It and it's incredible. Hey, Mark, anyway, I knew you were doing segue. a transition. <laughs> I knew you were doing a. Segue. Oh, that's the name of a movie. I was wondering what you were doing. Okay, yeah, he's doing. A yeah, segue. no, I watched. Never, rarely, sometimes, always. And See, I, was I thought one you were just word away from the rest of that title. <laughs> I just thought you were being weird, but yeah. Well, cool. I am kind of weird and quirky and random, so so random. Uh, so that's so random. So uh, random, not on Disney Plus. Crime. Neither is my date with the president's daughter. Neither is Corey in the house. <sighs> There's a conspiracy. <laughs> there must something's be. going on. I think the answers are on Hunter Biden's laptop. Oh, my date with the president's daughter. It's a, it's a, it's from the wonderful world of Disney TV show. But so oh. is, so is the fucking Mr. Boogity. So maybe we'll see it at some point. Go I ahead. That was Mark. a decom. No, it was not. I gotcha. Thought it that's why it was a little bit better. Well, that that's what's weird about the wonderful world of Disney show. They technically are all TV movies, but they right. are counted as episodes. So anyway, Mark, continue. I watched an abortion movie. Uh, <laughs> there's a couple of those because Unpregnant came out kind of recently too. Yeah. Yep. HBO Max. Um, there's like a new subgenre of like, uh, you know, like ab- abortion comedies. This isn't necessarily a comedy though. Um, it's just about a girl in Philadelphia, I think, or Pennsylvania somewhere. Um, who gets pregnant and she has a shitty family so she just like literally up and goes to New York with her cousin Uh, and it's it's basically about how hard it is to get an abortion uh, and how sad that is and how sad getting an abortion is and how alone that makes you feel very sad movie a good movie though the the title comes from when uh when she goes to get the abortion, she has to fill out like a questionnaire 
and it, it's kind of phrased in terms of like answer these and never rarely sometimes or always and it's like Gotta. does your partner uh say mean things to you does mm-hmm. your partner physically hurt you does your partner force you to have sex with him and that entire scene is just shot with like a close-up of her face like just like Jeez. even as a question is asked before she even answers it just like emotionally reacting uh, which is it's really great she's not a trained actress she like the director just like moved into a house to like make a movie and she was living there and they collaborated to make this movie um it's it's really good it's i don't know it's it's very like sundance kind mm-hmm. of plotless yeah. like a lot of people just like hanging out killing time because they have an abortion appointment in the morning but they're in New York City without any money all right. night. Um, well, that scene you described sounds very uh, effective and powerful. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a there's another whole scene where she goes to like a like a choices center, which is like like a unplanned pregnancy, but it's clearly like uh, pro life. Right. Um, like the like, one uh, Borat took his daughter to. Haven't seen it, uh, but sure. Oh. <laughs> it's all right. We tried to convince him to watch it last last time. It's pretty good. I'll watch it. It's I'll, funny. I'll, I'll get to it. I have like a year before the blankies, so oh, <laughs> the don't remind me. I don't think Borat Two is going to be a picky. Uh, maybe the daughter is an actress. I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's on our list, but whether it makes our shorter list that we end up. Yeah, <laughs> making once it gets closer, we'll see. Yeah. Um, which both of the movies you guys um said are on the list for now. They're mm-hmm. also both movies that I think are probably based on your reactions to them. A little on that line of like, we'll see if we're actually talking about them. And um, I well. imagine on the rocks will stay pretty close to the top of my list for okay. the year. I, I mean, just because this year is there's been nothing. Another year it might sure. be on that line, but like this it. year yeah. it's definitely. Gotcha. Well, speaking of movies that are towards the top of our list, the movie I watched recently absolutely is on the top of mine. And if the boys don't watch this movie, I will email them a punch. Um, and it is a movie called His House. Oh shoot! I do really want to see that. I didn't it is to talk about that in incredible so the premise is it's a refugee couple from south sudan and they're coming into england um and they they have to live in this certain house uh because that's where the government assigned them and they have to live there a certain amount of time they're not allowed to work they're given a stipend that sort of thing and it is really fascinating because like you know a lot of times people are like haunted house movies are stupid why don't you just move and this really creates a situation where these They're people cannot in. move and everyone is doubtful of them and judging of them. And there is some like very dificult things in their past that they're I... reckoning with. And it's like, it, it's a, it's one of those horror movies that is obviously a quote unquote about big things, but it's still fucking scary yeah, in like I mean, a I really creepy Im- way. Imagine that this would largely be about like the plight of the immigrant and how the world is just like stacked against them. Just on like yes. the, that surface level of like they're forced to live in a haunted house when they come over kind right, of right. Um 
Yeah, that sounds. And the tra- I saw the trailer for it a while back, and it looked really good. Um, I'm it's also like gorgeously shot. Yeah. Um. There, there's some really like gorgeous scenes and like horrendously terrifying scenes and like, um. I got the vibe it was kind of in that Jordan Peele wheelhouse of like us and get out kind of a bit, yeah. a bit, but it still feels different from those in ways because like Jordan Peele, I think is like an absolute genius. And I think his stuff is great, but his stuff is a bit populist, which I think is great. Like, I think that's part of why they're so effective is they play pretty well to a big crowd while dealing with pretty, intense things this one definitely feels like a bit of a smaller movie um but it's so well done i don't know it's also like it's not that long it's one of the rare netflix movies that feels pretty like tightly (laughs) put together which if somebody does that on a netflix movie it's it's pretty incredible because they normally are given kind of the freedom to do whatever they want um I didn't know the two main actors from anything, um, but they're incredible. Matt Smith is a supporting actor, um, kind of playing their caseworker. Um, it's it's it, it's really incredible. Um, I do believe it is the director's first film, which is also pretty incredible. Um, highly recommend it if you like horror movies. Highly recommend it if you like any movies. It is. Um, one of our friends actually pointed out on letterbox of like what is up with netflix algorithm because they were forced to like find this like it didn't pop up for them easily and this is a movie that i really think a lot of people would be talking about yeah meanwhile like emily in paris is like on the top of my for you page like still right right and it sounds like his house is way more uh, up my alley than Emily. And Absolutely, Paris. yeah. It is. It is incredible. It's really scary. Uh, I, I I love it. I I really did. I I thought it was incredible. It was a nice. I kind of just threw it on on Halloween because I was like, oh, I have kind of heard about what this is. I don't know much, but it seems good. And then I turned it on, and I was absolutely blown away. Yeah, I'll have to watch that this week. That sounds great. Yeah, that's good. Um, Three good so, movies, guys. Yeah, movies, baby. Um, Making a comeback. I'm sure a hoping. Um, speaking of sure a hoping, I don't know, man. What? Yeah, there's I a lot know. of hope in this movie, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's something I do want to discuss. But uh, yeah, Cody, what's but, uh? What what are we doing? We're we're talking about No Country for Old Men, of course. So No Country for Old Men. I was about to say, Chad, talk about it because you're it's your pick because it, it just it, felt like it, it should have literally, been. Literally, I'm so glad that won the Best Picture because I really wanted to talk about Darjeeling Limited because it's one of my all timer favorite movies. And then I didn't really get to on the podcast, but I got to show it to my friends. We talked about uh, it. We talked about it. A little bit. Just um, didn't get released. It didn't get released. We did, did discuss it. Yeah. So I, I got to share that movie with my friends, and I'm really glad I got to do that. Um, but I'm also glad that we get to have this discussion because if this hadn't won Best Picture, I would have had to choose No Country for Old Men because I basically think it's a perfect movie. It's awesome. Yeah. 
What am I? I mean, the Coen brothers, they're going to be my pick next year. Uh, they are like my favorite filmmakers, probably. I don't know. Maybe not. I didn't like uh, Serious Man. But other than that, and I didn't like uh, Miller's Crossing. But other than that. And you haven't seen Lady Killers. I haven't seen Lady Killers. I also haven't seen Hudsucker Proxy. Or Blood Simple. I haven't seen Blood Simple either. The See, thing about the Coen Brothers is that they made a lot of movies. And you yeah. forget, you mm-hmm. kind of forget how many movies yeah. they made. Um, I didn't like Buster Scruggs. I I'll say it. it. I, I like parts of it. Of the six parts, four were solid, two were like in to bad-ish. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, go back to our podcast from two years ago um, when we talked about it. But I, it's it's an anthology. Yeah. Is how I feel about it. It's I I like it more than most anthologies that I've seen, but that's maybe because most anthologies I've seen have been like horror anthologies, which mm. I mean, I just can, can happen to good. like happen to like Kellen Brothers movies more than uh, horror movies. Yeah, um, yeah, the Coens are good. they finally won their Oscar. Wait, didn't Fargo win Best Picture? No, uh, no. no that was my pick, but I it think got they close. won screenplay screenplay that's what it was i was like they they had oscars going into this but they won for director and picture for this right yes um it also won best um supporting actor and hold up javier or for tommy lee for javier bardem and it won adapted screenplay was nominated for cinematography film editing sound mixing and sound editing didn't win cinematography though yeah, that's why we had the Roger Deakins narrative mm-hmm. for so very, very long. It is a gorgeous movie. Yeah. I have it on Blu-ray, watched it on oh my, my 4K gosh. TV. It looks that scene choice. I mean, the whole movie is beautiful, but like I think I screamed about it like not winning cinematography when like that truck comes up over the hill at night mm-hmm. and it's all silhouetted. I was like, this, this, this should have won. I'm mm. upset. Eventually he won though for shooting uh neon titties <laughs> still haven't seen that movie i just watched the first blade runner recently yeah it's good it's, it's okay it's pretty good it looks good yeah blade runner 2049 you've seen it mark i have i've seen it a bunch yeah why are we talking about old movies like <laughs> like we have spent maybe an entire episode talking about blade runner 2049 i've watched it again since then i don't know if my thoughts have changed that much <laughs> it's good i think the first blade runner is probably a little bit better I am waiting for you guys to take the football and run with this movie because I don't know so, if I have good like opening thoughts. Sure, on this. I mean, you want to just hop into like sort of the plotting of it, like no, yeah, go for it for old yeah. men. Um, so we start with like the narration of Tommy Lee Jones' character. Moss is his name, Sheriff Moss. He's Tommy Lee Jones, man. He's I don't Tommy know. <laughs> yeah, Sheriff Jones, Sheriff um, Jones, or no, Llewellyn Moss. Is the is uh is uh Josh Brolin. So I, what what Bell something Bell is uh Alexander. Let's just hop into Llewellyn. Interesting that he has the same name as another Coen Brothers character. No, he doesn't nope. because it's inside Lewin Davis. Confusing that they have very similar names. <laughs> yeah. They're different names. Oh shit. I just realized there's a high chance we're talking about at least two more uh Coen Brothers movies. Yeah, that's the thing about this year of our podcast is that it is basically all directors that we will continue to talk about and just continue to continue <laughs> to talk about. Not wrong, because yeah. Danny Boyle's got another one or two. Um, yeah, he means he's got a best picture coming up and one from you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh huh. Yep. 
I already forgot who I picked, but you know Wes Anderson's coming back. <laughs> it was uh, Paul Thomas what? Anderson. Wes, oh, Wes yeah, Anderson. PTA is definitely on his way back. Wes Anderson isn't as far as we've got on the list so far. but we'll, we'll We will see about the French Dispatch. I, I, that could very well be a picky. But I think that like this year is That's like... so far away. Yep. Even the even the Oscars, like we're into like f- filmographers or well, filmographies that like are at their peak now and have kind of stayed peaking. But also, let's not pretend like it's some like really like fascinating like like nexus point of a year. It's because we were fucking seventh graders then and we learned how to like movies this year. So of course, like a lot. I of didn't watch rigid. any of these movies. Really? Okay. In two thousand seven. Yeah, I mean, did later. you watch any of these movies in two thousand seven? Yeah. Which no, ones? I, I maybe not 2007. Well, I think that's all per, uh, what we're talking about next week. Um, but well, um, those are not included in the directors that <laughs> right. have gone on to make yeah. the filmographies that we all love. No, it's the uh the well, not even them because they made Project Power. Um I watched No Country for Old Men not long after it won Best Picture. See, it was uh, a while for me. I, I I think I watched all these for the first time in college, except for oh, really? uh, Sunshine, which I watched for the first time for the podcast. But all yeah. these movies feel like starting point movies in ways, and not in a way that I'm even meaning to be dismissive, because I'm really not. I like all of these movies, but they feel like if you want to start learning about movies, us handing you the movies we talked about this this week is not a necessarily bad place to start yeah they're all i just think it's interesting that like every i mean i feel like every year that we do there's like one director that's like i mean i just like this movie like next year is like i mean i guess i'm wait i'm I'm forgetting what we're doing next year next year is all bangers of directors because we are talking about i'm not going to tell the movies i'll let our listeners our listeners figure it out but we're talking about andrew stanton we're talking about um the coen brothers we're talking about christopher nolan we're talking about danny boyle and we're talking about peter berg who is a fascinating director even though he yeah yeah. he he really is sometimes incredible and sometimes a disaster sometimes deep water horizon yeah so so like it again it's uh, all he directed a lot of uh, the leftovers yes 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 and then like god the next year it's Tarantino, Wes Anderson, Musker and Clemens, uh, um, Catherine Bigelow, Karen Kusama. We're really like now starting to like boom, 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 banger, 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 banger. Not that we weren't before, but I just think it is. 2007 is a big year for movies, and I think mm-hmm. it's a big year for movies for people in our age group. I mean, just on the podcast, I mean, th- this is literally two movies in a row that we're covering that are in my top 10 movies of all time mm-hmm. i love both of these movies. well and, and and the list of movies that we didn't cover for this year is pretty high and pretty yeah. good ones in it transformers uh well <laughs> I, I can't remember what else but i remember i mean ratatouille and right. a bunch of stuff but this is where i want to segue to what mark normally handles on these episodes which is no country for all men one best picture Four other things were nominated. Mark, mm-hmm. you want to kind of talk about what those were? Ooh, got to remember, one of them is Juno. Yep. A, a very good movie that I like. Uh, Michael Clayton. I love that movie. Good movie. Uh, there Will Be Blood. Which yeah. we have covered. And um, a fifth movie that is good. 
if only I could remember it. Cody. It wasn't atonement, I don't think. Which it was atonement. You're it was right. atonement. Okay. Yeah. I love atonement. It's my least favorite of the five. Fascinating. I mean, um, is your what's your least favorite of the five? Probably Juno. Probably Juno. Probably Juno. But mm. I do like Juno. Love me some abortion movies. <laughs> but but here here's how big this year was. We had B movie. I'm gonna be for real now. <laughs> you you had Zodiac, you had Superbad, you had I Am Legend, Into the Wild, you had Sweeney Todd, you had The Mist, you had Into Lars the and the Real Girl. If we had done this podcast when I was like 16 years old, I would have picked Into the Wild as my movie. Yeah, that is a movie. For I've actually never seen that. Um, but we had the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford, a movie I have not seen, but I, really I would like to would really Same. like to the picky next week. Uh, it's nope. not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is not. We we aren't talking about Hot Rod. We're not talking about Gone <sighs> Baby Gone. We're not talking about Once. We're not talking about Across the Universe. We're not talking about Walk Hard. Um, I got really confused. One. Sorry. Back to Gone Baby Gone. I could, I still got that mixed up with Million Dollar Baby. I was like, Cody, that's from a couple of years ago, and we did talk about it. Oh, jeez. Um, uh, Three Ten to Yuma, the Grindhouse movie before the devil knows you're dead on and on and on and on it is a truly pretty insane year i am gonna say that not all of those movies you referenced are like well-known greatest movies i think they're pretty big movies i don't know if their grindhouse isn't even like included in tarantino's they're all movies they're all movies though that could have reasonably be, been considered for this podcast because that's kind of what i would house we pick things like nacho libre sometimes or look people like grindhouse i don't do like but a lot of people like i think proof of those movies i feel like hot rod is the only one that i thought about and to be fair i almost picked hot rod in fact i maybe should have picked hot rod would have had a better chance for me than uh, yeah, The Will like, Be Blood, but that's like just me. I'm insane about that movie. Um, so, okay, this movie. There will this be movie, though. Yes, let, let's circle so, back to this. I just wanted yeah. to put it in the context of, like, this winning Best Picture in a year with so many good things and, historically could really piss us off because right. it's happened. But this movie's so solid that it doesn't. Right. Yes. Um, so Llewellyn finds some drugs and some trucks. And then he finds some money, $2 million. Yep. Uh, out of the kindness of his heart, he wants to give water to a dying man. So he returns. And then people start chasing him. And then he's tracked the money and he dies. And then... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh meanwhile, Tommy Lee Jones is on the case and he's looking for him. Uh Woody Harrelson's also looking for this money, and Javier Bardem is looking for the money. Is he who, who ends up killing Lou Ellen? I'm a little I'm a little confused. It, it all happens yeah. off camera. So we don't I mean really know. that's kind of what's really interesting about the Lou Ellen stuff is like, mm -hmm. is it Anton who catches up with him or is it someone else? It, yeah. it really is ambiguous, I think. I mean doesn't say but to me it's like kind of unambiguously anton just because like who else is chasing him and willing to kill him 
the the other group of people that Woody yeah, the was guys a part that of, or slash the tires and sick the dog on him. Yeah, those um, people. Because we see a bunch of dead bodies in that hotel room. Once you see like his dead body in the pool, so there there's other people there, and yeah. also his death of just being shot and falling in the pool is not necessarily how Anton has done a bunch of the murders thus far but i mean anton just shoots you wherever the fuck you are yeah often with a with pressurized air right <laughs> or a silenced shotgun or that right neither so of which are ideal okay. i want to hear your opinions though which is cooler i'm a big fan of the silenced shotgun it's it's pretty, it's pretty cool. cool it makes an awesome noise i mean it's kind of like points for creativity with the with the air tank <laughs> it's yeah yeah definitely points for creativity uh-huh uh, but the silent shotgun is—I mean, I don't know—I've never even thought he's, to silence a shotgun. It's pretty funny. He's a very quiet boy in general. Yeah. He takes off his yeah. boots and he's slipping around on his little socks, <laughs> and uh, he didn't say much. Um, yeah, he's a very except quiet when he boy. goes into like huge monologues, right? Yeah, yeah. What a character! Um, what a character! Um, so it's based on a Cormac McCarthy novel. Yeah. Have either of you guys read a Cormac McCarthy novel? I don't know how to read. Okay, well, there goes that point of conversation. Just going to cross that off the list. Had, had you read it? or No. Okay, well, okay, then we cannot really speak to it. I will say that I, I did not realize that Cormac McCarthy was like a writer in the 2000s. I assumed that he was yeah. like like an old 80s writer. I need to, I did read The Road. Well, that's, that's, I said, have you read a Cormac McCarthy novel? (laughs) Meaning, did you read this book or The Road? Right. I, um, I, you know, what's funny though? I haven't seen The Road, the movie. (laughs) I haven't seen the movie adaptation of The Road. So I've read The Road book and watched the No Country movie. Um, yeah, it's, um, gosh, it's kind of a hard movie to talk about to me because I'm just like, it's kind of unambiguously good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I it, think like it's a movie that does a good job of like kind of doing the talking. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's like yeah. it, it's all it's all here. Like and to me, it's like it it's so incredible. And the fact that I honestly can't really latch onto any of the characters, but the movie still somehow mm-hmm. works for me. Um, I latch on to Lou Ellen. Yes. See, I don't at all. I think he is just kind of like a kind of like, oh, I'm just doing this kind of person. And I like, I just never really understand why he's doing any of the things he's doing. Well, it's $2 million. <laughs> but I, but I don't understand why he goes up to it in the first place. Why? I don't know. It, it, it's kind of interesting how he gets like caught up in it. I don't know. It's, yeah. No, just and it, it, it kind of could have been anybody that stumbled upon the the right. trucks. Yeah, then, I mean, I think it's like curiosity and yeah. then concern and but then greed. It's my also whole good. question when he was like he found like that batch of cars that got shut up, and then he found the guy. I was like, how do you know where you parked? He's in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, this bit is going great. I can all <laughs> both your reactions were just stone cold. <laughs> anyway, I'm trying, guys. I'm putting some sweat into this episode. Um, I yeah, um, just, just relax a little bit, Mark. It's, it's okay. It's, it's late. It's either it's, it's either so try hard or <laughs> go to sleep. Gotcha. So, um, 
I um oh shit, I lost my complete train of thought. Um so I'm trying to talk relate through it. to Llewellyn. It's gone. You it's don't a, get why I don't I understand. Oh, oh, oh. Um, it, it's a serious Cohen, right? Which is not something mm, that yeah. we have talked about on the show, really. We've we've kind of delved into their more they're often films. They're often silly. Um yeah. What are the what are the serious Coens? I guess you've got well, Miller's Crossing. A serious man. Um, you've got a serious yeah. man. Uh, most of the Buster Scruggs is pretty serious. Lewin Davis yeah. is pretty serious. Lewin Davis is serious. Lewin Davis is serious, but I love Lewin. That's probably the serious movie of theirs I love. I think this movie is like incredible and undeniable, but Lewin Davis is the one that I love. I love I love both of them. Um, and Lewin Davis also has moments where I'm like laughing out loud. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, that, the that Dear one's Mr. A bit Kennedy more. sequence mm-hmm. and even yeah. some lines like when she's holding up the cat and it's not her cat and she says where is his scrotum that line is just very yeah that one's that one's a bit more balanced i think but (laughs) um i mean this what's interesting too is this movie is like it's kind of a fargo-esque thing in ways but played very straight it could have been played for comedy with all of like the the stumbling upon because it's a lot of like accidents that drive the plot which is kind of a very cohen thing i mean fargo is about like somebody who gets caught up in over their head and then there's like a, that one's also like, a blended like it's it's a balance of being funny and serious it's yeah it's very funny when it's funny but it's also like heartbreaking and upsetting and yeah disturbing for you is yeah. there's more of like a sense of justice served in that yes yeah. which there is not in this movie this is a very like nihilistic movie yeah yeah let's talk about which the ending a little is bit, not my favorite because like well i mean i i mean can we just record the burn after reading episode next because <laughs> i think that it's it's i mean they're two very different cohen brothers movies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh and they're both nihilistic but in different ways i think that there's like the the nihilism of like everything is meaningless and we die in the end. Yeah. And there's the nihilism of like, everything is random and has no meaning. Right. So but we don't necessarily die in the end. I right. have a slightly different read on most Coen brothers thing. I don't think of them. I mean, they, they say that they're nihilists. Everyone kind of says that they're nihilists, but there's always in Cohen movies, with the exception of really Burn After Reading. Burn After Reading is probably the most nihilist movie for me, where it's just like we learned nothing it. and there is nothing. Yeah. And it's so good. Yeah. But like, and this would come second if it weren't for the final scene for me. Like, so you, you have oh, him just describing I... his dreams to uh-huh. his wife. And, uh, you know, uh, Anton got away. Um, he got roughed up uh, in his arm. A, a was, car out of nowhere, like out again, of nowhere, the yeah. random, totally random. But that's the closest things thing. Things just to, come up with, come to you. It's the closest thing to justice served that we see in 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 this life for Anton. Is he? Well, but Anton has a broken arm and he runs away. Yeah, he broke his arm. He'll set that yeah. arm. He's fine. He'll set it. He'll rinse it off under the sink and he'll kill another person um mm-hmm. but but we we don't end there we end with tommy lee jones describing his dreams to his wife and um and the, the the second dream he describes is about his father and and you know he's been like the whole movie like it starts with this he's been sort of like 
looking back to the the, the lawman that came before him and like yearning mm-hmm. for this time that in his mind is like past but i think kind of the point of the movie is like it probably never existed and there's always been evil and there always will be evil and what is the point of anything um but in his dream he's like looking like his father is dead and he's outlived how old his father got to be and he's describing like his father going off ahead and he's gonna set a fire for him in the mountains and and he just knows he's going to be there waiting for him and then he woke up which like is kind of this and two-sided then coin. he woke up yeah that, that, that's the key to the entire story in my opinion yeah so it's 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 kind of twofold it's like it's like but that it, it was a it was like just a dream like on surface level it's just like and then i woke up like he's he's not really waiting for me it's whatever but like he's still this man i think tommy lee jones like optimism is like that glimmer of hope in the nihilism of the movie of like i think he's i think for him it's like his his hope is like maybe waiting for him in the afterlife in some way like yeah his father is like set ahead and in, in, into heaven maybe and he's like it, it's it's abstract but it's still just like it's it's like a literal spark of hope because he describes him like carrying a horn of, of fire mm-hmm. yeah but like his hope is death right well, yeah. in, in like afterlife i guess but Which, like is the christian thing kind of is like, yeah but, but i mean i think i think this is where are jewish they're not christian but but the um, jewish i mean they, yeah, they still, they have, still have the afterlife. afterlife they still have like the the hope Judaism for... is, a, is a broad spectrum of yeah. but i i think the key to that is the and then i woke up because yeah. his dream is fixating on the past or the good old days of the past mm. or what it can be now he has accepted that he can do nothing now to, to me this yeah. is a movie about you either die or you give up and it, i mean him retiring is him like giving this up yeah which i don't think retiring is always giving up that's not what i'm trying to say but in context of this movie that's kind of what it's like he he is confronted with this horrible evil and he doesn't he doesn't beat it he doesn't end it he just stops and to me that's the like nihilism randomness of this movie where it's just you either die or you stop i think that there is like a in acceptance where it's like mm-hmm. this is how it is mm-hmm. this is how it will be nothing i can do can stop this but yeah. i know that i'm close to the end of having to live through it right but to me it's not necessarily like a good happy well, it, like it depends ending. i guess it also depends on what you're bringing into the movie too because like if he if he does believe in an afterlife and that is where his hope is, that's still hope. That's still not like yeah. meaninglessness. That's still something. I mean, it's like, it's him accepting that in this life, he has no hope. But... Right. But, and to me, that's where it's like, yeah, but yeah, that's not where I I want it to be necessarily. Yeah. I, I mean, that's what I believe too. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> this is like, this is one of those discussions. It's like, this isn't a debate. This is like in, expression of two different worldviews here yeah um yeah where where i'm i mean i i don't know i i admire that it's just not not oh i admire i admire it but i find it profoundly sad if it is yeah and and to me that's like yeah it's not necessarily like a happy thing to end Uh, but like i I also don't think it i don't think any coen brothers movie is the coen's Except for Burn After Reading. 
I think that's the exception to the rule. Um, but I don't think any Coen Brothers movie is just the Coens telling you nothing matters. I think every Coen Brothers movie is them asking the question, does nothing matter? And like sort of presenting. Oh, sure. Like I mean, it's sides them, of it and them asking the question. But I think this yeah. one definitely falls on like more on the side of it's all pointless and it's it's depressing. I mean, it's very interesting in context of like when this movie came out, which was the last year of Bush. Bush, yeah. right before the Obama era. Like it, it's kind of a pretty um, cynical time in American culture as a whole. I mean, look, not to get too ahead of ourselves, but I think it is pretty fascinating that this won Best Picture in 2007 and the winner in 2008 is Slumdog Millionaire. Like, I really think there's a kind of fascinating case study there because Slumdog Millionaire is all about things are shitty and then turning it around and this mm. great random thing happening. Um, yeah, anyway. Um, so, so putting it in the context of that, putting it in the context of like, what? well, uh, putting it in the context of a Western, which um, is pretty interesting. And hmm. Why does every director want to be a cowboy? It's something that I think about a lot. I, I mean, everybody I cowboys, wants to be a cowboy. I cowboys have no like, desire. Well, I mean, neither do I. But yeah. cowboys are like, or at least for hundreds of years, were like the symbol of like masculinity. Yeah. It's like you're, you're rugged. You handle everything on your own. You have a sense of justice that you, you know, you in, instill and you force your way onto others. Uh, right. So I think that like, you know, everyone wants to picture themselves as as, as that. Well, and it's not a little anymore, bit of like I know that masculinity is more of right. a thing and not necessarily a positive thing. But it's also like these directors grew up and westerns were pretty yeah. popular. Like that that's mm -hmm. also a piece of it. And in western things tend to be pretty black and white, not just the way it was shot obviously, but it tends right. to be like there is one good, there is one evil. And, and people and like is... using the context to like oh, but it's actually way more complicated. So let's add right. that into it. So this yeah, I would call a neo-Western. Yeah, it is. For a lot of reasons. But like it's modern one, is part of it. You've got the absolute well, evil. Oh, no, it's not. It's 1980s, but sorry. You've got That's the absolute. most Westerns. Yeah, yeah. true. It's like 100 years after most Westerns. <laughs> right. So the villain is kind of like Western villain in that he is absolute evil. Absolute evil. Possibly yeah. to like. I mean, de I'd say definitely to the next degree that you typically see in a Western. Like he right. is chaos, like in yeah. a way. Like he is unpredictable in a way that Western. I mean, uh, there is an argument that he could literally be chaos. You know, yeah. if you wanted or to like, look at like the symbolism of movies, death. like yeah, yeah. Or, yeah, something like, like a grim reaper of sorts. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's in all black, and like he he flips a coin and it determines your fate so it's like this it's like death in like a more mm -hmm. and, and a, i think it's like the coen brothers version of death where it is just right. random and it's just up to chance and like yeah but um you got him but llewellyn isn't your typical western hero he, oh to me a, he is which is why well, he well, doesn't fully work a, for he, me well i mean well there's the fact that he dies uh and isn't successful which is just the, like not what happens in a western typically but he's also western... like a little more He's not like all good. He's pretty driven by greed and he's mm. pretty driven. I don't know. I think that the Western hero is Tommy Lee Jones. He's the sheriff. He is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think that what 
Well, it's also a little bit Tommy Lee Jones is John Wayne and Llewellyn is Clint Eastwood is a little bit of the dynamic they're playing with. Um, look at me sounding like a fucking smart ass. <laughs> but no, I think that's, that's, that's probably about it. Right. No, it is. I mean, Clint Eastwood's whole, I mean, he did some kind of straight, just straight up Westerns, which I, I mean, I can't necessarily speak to, but I know that he does. But I know that the man with no name movies supposedly kind of mess with the trope a little bit. Need to watch those. But Unforgiven is all about kind of being a Western deconstruction. And I mm-hmm. think that's kind of what Llewellyn is, is the flawed Western hero. But then, yes, Tommy Lee Jones is your John Wayne riding into town on a horse. He's the good guy. And we're kind of looking at how ineffective that is ultimately. Well, just that, like, I, I, I think he is imagining that the world has gotten worse than a guy like that. Uh, there's no place for. Well, that's what but every older think, generation says, right? You know, right, like it's always right, like right. the world has gotten so much worse, so much worse. But I think what is actually the case is that that type of character can't exist in the real world at all, no matter what time it right. is. Like the cowboys of old and like the sheriffs, they were never these like beacon of like perfect hero guys they were all Mm -hmm. complicated and and anybody who has tommy lee jones outlook on life is going to be disappointed by the world that he's met with yeah i i probably agree with that but i don't know if that's the point the movie's trying to make because they never try to bring up a comparison older generation well but he talks about like the the lawman stuff the older Mm -hmm. lawman in the beginning that's his whole opening monologue i mean but that presents it as like you know the the old men were in a different world and could handle that world and the world has changed. I don't know if the movie ever presents the idea of like, well, maybe they couldn't actually handle the world and that you're just picturing the world wrong. Oh, sure. sure, And I, I mean, I I don't think, think I I don't think I know what you mean. Well, I mean, you would expect if, if the movie was trying to say that his conception of, uh, you know, the, the, the cowboy, if his perception of that was wrong, then it would probably like present other cowboys who are doing things wrong. And maybe you could say, well, Woody I think Harrelson we're using like the word, that. we're using the word cowboy well, too much. It's probably cowboy, just more like, like the sheriff lawman. Yeah. The Western archetype, but like but yeah, white what, hat. Yes. Um, the white hat. And it, and it never yeah. presents one of those other than Woody Harrelson, who honestly well, seems to do a decent job. He's uh, more but, but, of a, he, he he's hired to find the money, right? Yes. Like he's yeah. not a I like thought he's a he bounty was, hunter of yeah. sorts. I thought he was an agent. I don't know. He he's not government affiliated. Okay. He's he's working with whoever's got the 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 money. But yeah, so he is kind of you know, your charming guy who comes in. To I don't me, know. I he's like the guy that like does fit into this world is Woody Harrelson. And Tommy Lee Jones is the guy who wants to believe in a better world than exists. I think I, I think what you're saying is right, Chad, but I think what Mark is saying is also right of like, yes, Tommy Lee Jones is thinking about an idealized world, but I don't think this movie ever says that old world was wrong. It's just saying this new world is more complicated. I kind of think it's in a way it's making the argument that it never existed. I mean, uh, thinking about when the movie came out, it came out in 2008 and this movie 
takes place in 1980. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people alive now are pining towards 1980. Yeah. Um, and then 1980, they were pining towards 1950 and 1950, sure. they were pining towards 1920. And it was never the age that the old man thinks existed because that age never existed. I think that's, I think that that's present. I, I, I don't, I don't see that as much. Yeah, especially I don't, with I don't see it in the like, movie, but I, I, at, at the end, you know. him wanting to like, you know, be at a campfire with his, with his dad. Mm -hmm. is like you know he wants to be in the old old west oh he still wants that for sure yeah but i don't know if the movie ever is like that's not you know maybe well, it's I like mean, that's it just a dream and you have to wake up and live the real life you've got like his uncle who stopped being a sheriff i forget exactly how that scene played out but i don't know you, you've got like these uh examples of people who like were disillusioned and they retired and hmm. i don't know Maybe maybe I am reading it more into it's it. But. Something I'll keep in mind next time I watch it, though. Yeah, it's um, it's also interesting that the movie is set in 1980, which is the beginning of the Reagan era, who is mm -hmm. famously a cowboy actor. Um, feels like there might be something there. I don't have any more to really dive into other than that, but that but that just seemed yeah. like something. Um. Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> I just just something that I was thinking about. Um, so does Anton kill Llewellyn's wife? Um, he checks his boot for something on the way out the door. Blood? Okay. I maybe think he does. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he does. It, maybe he doesn't. It doesn't matter, I think, is what the movie wants you to say. Yeah. But that's not what I want to say. <laughs> it I, does I, matter. I, I, I still really like this movie. There was something about watching it this time where the it doesn't matter of it was not necessarily what I was vibing with the particular day that I watched it. Mm -hmm. um, so I so I pushed back against that uh, like internally a little bit because I was like, I know this movie is good. I know that I like it a lot. I just wasn't necessarily on the same wavelength of it the whole time, but I still was like admiring it. Yeah. But I was really like... I was like, no, ah, everything's great. Everything works out the way it's supposed to. I'm hopeful. It was, it's funny because we, <laughs> leading up to this episode, talked about like, it's going to be rough to watch this yep. movie, the election a, week. A movie about right. where and, potentially nothing matters and it's all random. And, and here's Cody you know, saying he was in too good of a movie to fully enjoy this movie <laughs> or too good of a mood. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, I was. But them's the, them's the breaks, as they say. Mm-hmm. Um, any other thoughts on kind of the movie as a as a whole or any other so big overarching themes? We've had pretty we've, heady thoughts. Yeah, we've about. talked a lot about exactly the heady themes of the movie, but I also just want to like at least say that as far as like a suspense, like fun, like Western goes with like car chases and, and, and shootouts and violence and like the the scene at the motel where Anton starts shooting up the people in the other in the wrong room. Yep. Mm -hmm. While Lou Ellen's trying to get the suitcase, and then the next hotel where uh, Anton's right outside his door and he's got to jump out the window. Just 
so intense so suspenseful and the way like the movie builds and shows you what Anton's sort of method is and then to Mm -hmm. see Llewellyn on the other side of it and only seeing shadows underneath the door yeah and uh just masterfully done and just and just gripping and just fun to watch too like it it functions to me as like a not quite a blockbuster but like in the same way that like a thriller yeah works Mm. It's it's a thriller yeah yeah, and I think it's also interesting too how many like this room is either like big sweeping vistas where people feel kind of like safe or by themselves, or it's like really small confined rooms, yeah. which I think is a pretty interesting yeah. like dichotomy. I don't know. It's one of those things where like I notice, but like I'm not in school and having to write papers about like things like that, <laughs> where it's like I don't know if I was in school, I might would try harder to make a point about that. <laughs> Um, well, you do but, have a podcast, but I do have a podcast. But I think, I mean, I think it's interesting. Llewellyn's killed out somewhat in the open. He, he starts to feel safe at the mm-hmm. pool, and that's where it catches up to him. Um, and it's interesting that he's killed off screen. So it's, weird. Seemingly, yeah. his wife is too. Yeah, I, I was watching it with my wife, um, and she was like, "Wait, what?" And I was like, "He's dead." And she was like, wait, what? And it like, like yeah. almost feels anticlimactic. It does. Yeah. I mean, it because it, it feels is. It, it it feels like it's kind of robbed of you and robbed from you in ways. But I, I still yeah. think it works because you see it through Tommy Lee Jones's eyes of like he's finally right. got there, and you see his failure in ways, um, which I think is pretty interesting. Um, yeah. It's also like it kind of tells this almost success story of Llewellyn getting away with it. And then it's just telling a different story in the next scene. It's just telling the story of like, well, he actually didn't get away and it's bad. He got distracted by a pretty lady at the pool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting how like it is so invested in Llewellyn's story and like he is the main character of the movie. Mm-hmm. Then you don't, and then the last time you see him, you don't even see how he dies. You just see that he died. Or, right. So it's like, yeah. you know, his story is so important. And then when he's dead, it's like even the act of dying is is unimportant. Right. It's just the fact that he is dead. Right. Um. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's really interesting. And yeah. like, if if you're looking for nihilism in this movie, and like, I think what, that's what, part of it. Yeah. What no, is that it? Is. And yeah. what isn't important? It's like the act of dying is not important. Just the fact that you are dead and the act of living. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. It's mm-hmm. interesting. Much, much to think about. Good freaking movie is my Good movie. Thought. Go Mo. Yeah. Go Mo. Um, a pretty successful Mo as well. Um, oh? Yeah. So it was made for a $25 million budget. Um, and it grossed $171.6 million, which is pretty huge. I mean, for a that, best picture like, winner to gross that much is like, nah, that's pretty good. That's almost, that's seven times the mm-hmm. amount, right? Because it's almost quadrupled up. Yes. Yes. Or it's almost eight times up, is what Oct- I meant to say. Octupled. Octupled. <laughs> 
Sure. Yes. Almost October. <laughs> um, uh, this this is a Disney film, technically. Uh, which, <laughs> Why isn't it on Disney Plus? Uh, I don't know. Or Hulu. Or Hulu. Yeah. It, it's weird because it, it's part of the Disney that's not part of my dumb bit that I have to watch because it's Miramax, technically, I believe. But when the movie starts and it has that thing where it's like commentaries are not representative, it did say commentaries are not representative of the Walt Disney Corporation. And I was like, what so the funny. fuck? Like, I had forgotten this one. Um, so that's weird. Um I didn't have a point with that. It had a 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, a 4.3 on Letterboxd. So a pretty beloved movie. Yeah. Um, 93 almost feels low. I mean, it's it's a challenging movie. I could see some people thinking like, I don't know, Llewellyn dying is just bullshit. I could see having, I could see someone having that opinion that him dying off screen and like, but I disagree. I think that that rules. There are elements of this movie that I would find annoying in other movies, but it somehow works in this one. Um, such as him dying off off screen, the kind of like pretty in ways anticlimactic, like final moment of him doing the monologue then cutting to black. I had misremembered that 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 it happened in the middle of a sentence, um, but it doesn't. He like fully finishes his thought oh, and then yeah, he cuts. Describes the dream and and then I woke up. Mark, does the Sopranos end in the middle of a sentence? Is that what I'm getting it confused with? I haven't seen the Sopranos. No, just but know it, that about it. It ends in the middle of a song and in the like in the middle of a scene. Basically, yeah, like yeah. actually in the beginning of a scene. Weird. Mm. I need to watch Sopranos. like like the the final scene is like him like getting dinner with his family, and then his his daughter walks out the door to go like grab something from the car. You hear the door open and it's over. That's so weird. It's really good. I can tell you why it's so good. Uh, well, but. I want to watch it. I do. I'm, I'm going to watch it at some point. I really am. Um, you guys want to do some actor talk? Yeah. So who have we seen before? I don't We've seen care. Tommy Lee Jones before <laughs> in the freaking the Fugitive. 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 Um, Javier have. Bardem. We've not seen. Uh, Brolin has some cape watch. Well, Bowen we're not on has... K Watch. Let's let's be structured about this, boys. Okay, okay, okay. Best Picture alumni. We saw Woody Harrelson. Yes, yes and and decent proposal. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got Woody Harrelson, Tommy Lee Jones. All right. Um, Three more. Are there any more? women in this movie? <laughs> no, not that we've seen before. Let's see. Three more. Caleb Landry Jones isn't in anything we've seen so far, is he? No, he is not. Caleb Landry yeah. Jones is in this? Yeah, he's yes, one of the he's kids the on, the bike. on the bike. Yeah. He's the one that does oh, not give weird. his shirt. Yeah. yeah. One of my friends like went to church with him growing up. Oh, cool. Yeah. Josh Brolin is from Infinity War. Um, oh, I don't really count that as an episode. Well, we did it. So oh, um, it's in my spreadsheet. Sure. Um, Cohen Brothers we have covered twice. Oh, yes. Of course. Of course. Of course. And then there is one more actor. The other Cohen brother. Oh, the dude who uh, yes, yes, who hired who has the million dollars who hired from Javier Barry. Yes, yeah, Stephen he, Root. Yes, he hired. Yeah, he's from Fargo. No, he's from yeah Fargo. Oh, brother. Oh, brother. I he think he's in, the, yeah. he plays the music guy. No, brother. The guy. Who yes, he does. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, so cape check time, boys. This one's fun. So Josh Brolin is Thanos, and he's also Cable from Deadpool 2. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. I just oh, had okay. Thanos. <laughs> but, yes, you're right. Okay. Who Tommy else? Tommy Lee Jones is in Captain America. He yes, plays he the is. general fellow. Uh-huh. Yep, yep. Maybe, maybe his best role. He's fucking good in that movie. He's really, he's maybe the best part of that movie. <laughs> oh, that movie's amazing. Um, that, for, his his part of that movie is the best part. Uh, he's still skinny. That's what I remember him <laughs> saying in that movie. It's me looking um, in the mirror. Four more. Four more? Four more. What's Woody Harrelson in? Oh, you know what he in? You know what he in? You know what he in? He's in Hunger Games. No, oh, he's, he's Carnage. In and the, let there be. Venom, let there be Carnage. He's in Venom 1. But he's gonna he's in Venom Carnage. 1, which is what gets him the count. But he is Carnage in a fucking Guy Fieri t-shirt in, the, in Venom Let There Be Carnage, directed so, by Andy Serkis. I'm guessing the guy who plays Tommy Lee Jones' partner is in something. Yeah, he's in The Gifted. That one was a bit of a... I mean, it's not a cheat because I do that all the time on this, but yes, he's in The Gifted. He's on television. He's also in Raising Hope, which is where I first saw him. He's uh, also in Winner's Bone, which is a good movie. I don't know. I mean, it's either like Llewellyn's wife or it's Caleb Landry Jones at this point, and I can't think of who... It's Caleb Landry Jones. Is this something I've seen? Yep. It's a movie you and Mark both like. What is Mark? What is oh Mark put his mic down? <laughs> Sorry, I got a message. Well, we're talking about Caitlin Jones. He's in a yeah, he's a superhero project. Apparently, he's he a superhero. A, he is a superhero. He's a superhero who like oh, he's I in, know quite he's a bit X-Men of first class. He is Banshee in X Men First Class. Yes, he, he is? is. Yes, he is. Oh yeah. gosh, I yeah. haven't seen that movie since I knew who Caleb Landry Jones was. Right. So. Uh, the last one, it's Stephen Root again. He's in a bunch of DC animated movies, and he's in Korra, which is superheroes i mean they've got they're superheroes that's legend of korra like the avatar show yeah it's not yeah. superheroes <laughs> it's anime mark okay mm. if someone in marvel could bend water and earth that would be a they're superhero. a mutant they are a mutant yeah. look if, if if anybody ever shows up in dragon ball evolution the movie that we talk about i would count that as a superhero movie they have powers like i don't know what to tell you like that's superheroes Unless it's magic, which in Avatar, it's not magic. Yeah, it's um, abilities they have. Yeah. Superheroes. Step to me again, So Mark. we need to determine what's best now, right? We do. Between No Country and Sunshine. Yes. So yeah, for me, it's fun. easy, and it's No Country for Old Men. Tough one. Because I think that this movie is, like, perfect. Yeah. Cody? Uh, yeah, it's no country. It's the thing. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing. So the Academy got it right, and that's only happened once before, right? With Titanic, it's happened twice before, I think. It's happened. Didn't it happen recently? Um, I mean, no. Titanic is basically it. I think there were other ones it. we weren't mad at. Yeah, like yeah. I've, I it's not the first Academy Award winning movie I've liked on this show, but it, yeah, we like the, the Departed. We like yeah. Um, oh, and I think the Departed probably was the best of that year. Yeah, we I like think so too. Return of the King. No, you didn't, Mark, because you didn't vote for it. Broke back. <laughs> um, and there have been some. I'm we're past the age where I'm like annoyed no, at every Oscar movie. 
Forgot that broke back. Well, didn't we've got some. That, no. We'll a get there again. But up. right now, I've been very happy with. Them. 2010's pretty annoying. Is it the artist? No, what the artist is, is fine, but it is also a little annoying. 2010's King's Speech. Uh, yeah, that's okay. It's fine. Yeah, but when all the other movies that came out in 2010, yeah. it's pretty fucking annoying. Beat the social yeah. network, which is a sin. Oh, yeah. you guys like the social network more than me. That's that's why. Jed, that's because it's a good movie, and Jed, speech is a I also fucking haven't homework seen, movie. So here's the thing. I haven't seen either of those movies since 2010. Yeah. So. <laughs> King's Speech is a movie they make you watch in history class. Because I the rewatched teacher King's Speech hungover. for almost no reason the weekend of Cody's wedding. <laughs> Oh, That's I have, weird. I have yeah. one more thought on No Country, and I forgot uh-huh. to say it in the podcast. So this is just going to be... The podcast is still going on. I have not I stopped recording. It. But we didn't, we didn't... I didn't. We've already voted, so it's weird to bring it up now. But okay, it's basically, um, Tommy Lee Jones' whole deal where he is like maybe a little overly optimistically yearning for days past really reminded me of Joe Biden. Um, oh. And like... <laughs> Both old as fuck. Wait, maybe, we said it was sad for Tommy Lee Jones, though. Maybe uh, Joe is also pining for a time that never existed where reaching across party lines was possible, and maybe he's a little overly optimistic. I don't know. But I, I'd love to believe in that optimism. Yeah. And not, but yeah. Rather than know. like have Anton as president. I mean, regardless of whether it existed or not, Anton's too competent for that comparison. Um, what? Um, I have the gonna... best air tank. It's it's tremendous <laughs> air, pressurized air. It's funny. Sucks. Let's never talk about him again. Anton um, is actually Mitch McConnell, so it's actually <laughs> sadder. <laughs> Jesus. Hey, his I hands don't remember... are so bruised and bad because he got hit by a car. Yeah. I, I still think that his hands are bruised from punching someone. I want to know who he got in a fight with. They're so bloody. I really think it's some kind of internal disease. Um, do we go ahead and vote whether or not this beats the prestige, or do you guys want to wait until the next episode? Don't we usually We're... wait till the next episode? There's well, well there is an episode remember. where we vote twice, and I think we should do that now. Yeah, I, I think that No Country for Old Men to, is better than The Prestige. We we used to do it in the Pickies episode, but then we started disqualifying the Picky as really an option to get yeah. voted on. And so then it doesn't really make sense to bring up two movies that weren't talked about at all, is right. my thought. So No Country for Old Men is better than The Prestige. Cody, you go. The Prestige is better than No Country for Old Men because Jeez. you know what No Country for Old Men doesn't have? Magic. Well, that's because um, magic doesn't exist because the world is bad. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I know it, it's definitely prestige. I mean, it's a little bit of a gut heart thing, but you know, yeah, no, it's, it's been I, a while since we've 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 said that. But that's oh, that's fuck. how the show. I'm gonna works. have to decide this, aren't I? Yeah, you it, you, you vote you. with your heart and well, um, you vote with your gut. No, I mean, like, I'm going to have to decide this personally for the podcast. Yes, yes, you are, which is typically a role that you are put in. Um, similar to how um, Piper Parabo, no, yes, yes, Piper Parabo was put in the position of being tied up and put in a dunk take. Cody, what the right. fuck are you talking about? <laughs> talking about, about the, the prestige. prestige. Oh, okay. You have to realize that when you say Piper Parabo, the first thing that comes to mind is In Plain Sight, the USA, the USA Network. Wow, that is insane because when you say Piper Parabo, the first thing that comes into my mind is... 
Cheaper Coyote by the ugly. Dozen. What? Cheaper by the dozen. <laughs> oh. oh. I thought of uh, Inspector Perot um, <laughs> from. Dude, stop bringing it up because I'm so pissed. Cody I can't watch Death upset. on the Nile. No, you know how just pleasant it would He's be. He's crying. To see, I you know how pleasant it would be to see a her a Hercule. I don't know how you say his first name. Hercule Poirot. Hercule Poirot movie this Christmas where like he just solves a murder. Yeah. He just solves a murder, and that's good. And anybody who really hates that the, the murder on the Orient Express is wrong because sometimes yeah. it's fine for a movie to just be good. You can go just fuck be fine. yourself. <laughs> sometimes movies don't have to be striving for something new and crazy. Sometimes they can be just a ham it up performance where mm-hmm. he twirls his mustache, and then guess what? Spoilers for a hundred year book. They all did it, and that's awesome. That's crazy. And they the good thing about it. his mustache is there's like four different places where he can twirl on that mustache. That's a movie. So honestly, be afraid to twirl his mustache because it might come undone and like untangle somehow and be really like just down. I don't know. That Mark, is a you movie. need to focus and tell us what's better that between is the prestige. Murder on Shad, the you Orient still Express. Haven't picked, I don't think. <laughs> no, yes, he I did. did. Murder, oh, Murder on the Orient Express is a movie that has Kenneth Branagh, Shakespeare actor. It has Daisy uh, Ridley. Jack- it has Jack Sparrow. It has Ray Skywalker. It has Catwoman. It has Olaf. And it and there's other people I'm oh, forgetting that were in the Gad. movie. Yeah. And it's so good <laughs> to Judy Dench. It has Commander it, Root from the Artemis Fowl film. <laughs> Judy Rent. Judy Dench. It does what every movie and the universe is afraid to do. Kill Johnny Depp. <laughs> I think that's why it was so successful is because we got to watch him die. Uh, he he finally paid for his crimes of Grindelwald. The in whole that movie, movie is which well, hero? Who's the hero on this train that hey, killed guess, Johnny Depp? Guess who? <laughs> guess who? I forgot was in that movie. Penelope Cruz, also from the Pirates oh, yeah. franchise. Also from Willem Sahara. Dafoe. Uh, uh, like amazing. Um, yeah. um, Willem Dafoe's Leslie- in that. Yeah, Leslie Odom Jr., Olivia Look, Coleman. Here's, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Here's I, the deal, Jack. Fuck you and guys. I mean, I'm about I mean to go it. watch Murder on the Orient Express. Uh, Mark, what is the best movie of our lifetime? I'm, I'm honestly torn because it's like, you know, Nolan, I guess. Nolan is like one of my favorite directors. I, yeah. I'm i going to pick one of his movies next year. Next year. Uh, part of me is like, which one can my movie next year beat out most easily? But I don't think that's fair, and also <laughs> that's, not necessarily a safe. Don't play not necessarily a safe bet because you fuckers will. <sighs> Wally, baby, masterpiece of silent cinema. Sure, sure. And after reading um, is a masterpiece of nihilism, and yeah. also. Also, we may break the rule and let the picky for next year be eligible because it's so good. You guys don't remember what the picky is, but it is Hancock. (laughs) (laughs) Cape check. I mean, honestly, honestly, Um, are we just going to cape check that whole movie or that's fascinating? We well, we can't like we can't cape check Dark Knight. So maybe we can't cape check. Maybe we could like outside cape check outside cape check. It can't be the same franchise. Yes. Yeah. So what's better between No Country for Old Men and The Prestige? 
Mark is trying I to think, do a prestige right now. I, I think that people do some like tricks, blah, 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 or No Country for Old Men, the cinema I, film. <laughs> Mark, I, I mean Chad, you let know, me you know, talk, you know cinema began with magicians. <laughs> I cinema began with a train I'm, that a bunch of idiots thought was. Gonna you know, happen. things had to happen before then. There was theater. There was you blah, know, blah, blah, blah. cinema began with the horse. It actually that's did true, begin with the true. horse. The train was just the the, the good one. Yeah, Train was the first horror movie. Apparently. Do you guys remember when we went into Letterbox and ranked that movie from eighteen hundred one star? Yeah, it's a good bit. It's pretty funny. It's just a skeleton. <laughs> so, Mark, um, I haven't I, watched the Train movie yet. Can you find Cody that on YouTube? Cody won't let me talk. He's afraid. He's <laughs> he's afraid of what I might choose. Um, I I. If, if you, I've really been turned on to the <laughs> no country. All right, Mark's about to start Honestly, tubing on the Zoom call. The the nihilism, the cameras from the waist up. So I've uh-huh. been tubing. Um, uh, the the discussion of nihilism honestly spoke to my soul today. <laughs> um, I th- I think I might have to go with no country. Wow, the discussion of nihilism gave your life meaning. Yeah, life has meaning. Nothing else does. Yeah, that doesn't even have meaning. I will say once I I think once we complete this grand experiment, we're going to bring back the movies that lasted for the longest periods of time and kind of pit them against each other. Because I really do think if we hadn't gotten tired of Titanic and Titanic had made it here, I think I would have voted for Titanic over No Country for Old Men, um, which is probably a hot take of sorts. But we'll discuss that like in three years when we look at like what lasted longest but so i think right now it's titanic and pirates when we started this podcast back two three years ago whenever it was so long ago my prediction was no country would win the whole thing yeah probably not probably not (laughs) that was my prediction that's what i think I would have said back then, and it's what I'm kind of saying now, but something's I think I think that's what you are going to fight for, and then me and Mark are gonna break it on something stupid, not on purpose, right. yeah. but like you're gonna like something more. Gonna... Yeah. Or you son of a bitch. <laughs> Batman. Batman's good. Batman is good. Batman I don't, like, good, I don't like the third act of the Dark Knight. Me okay. Either. Well, we will the problem. Trust me, we will talk about it. I <laughs> love that third act. I love the Joker stuff. I don't love all the duh, whatever Batman's doing. With, the like, the boat stuff situation. is so good. Yeah, it's very good. But the stuff oh, Batman's doing. I don't like sucks. the boat stuff. I like uh, the Harvey the Dent stuff. Rules. Oh yeah, Harvey Dent's thrown in the. It's too much. Too much oh, going on. It's so great. It's good. It's, it's about good. Oh, so, so many layers. Where can people find you online? Mark. So you can find me on Parlor no. at no, you can't. Go ahead, Cody. You started. <laughs> no, he said, "Mark, I just wanted the Parlor joke before you could take it." Um, you can find me at Parlor. On... <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't get a fucking Parlor. I'm the only one. I was this before we started recording when you guys found Parlor. And I, I also don't like, actually have what a Parlor. Is parlor? Um. You can find me on Letterboxd and Twitter and Instagram at Watlington Mark. 
you can find me on Venmo. No. At- Chad, where can people find you? <laughs> you can find me on Parlor at Chad Austin Oliver. Jesus. You can find me on Twitter, Letterbox, Instagram at Chad A. Oliver. Uh, just want to shout out this hilarious account I've been seeing uh, named Movies. It's at Do You Like Cinema. He's so funny. Uh, He's fine. On there. I love him. Or He's her. F- Chad, you've been tweeting. You tweeted recently, didn't you? I tweeted a video of the Avett brothers celebrating America. Oh, is that from the West Wing special? No. No. <laughs> oh. Hey, by Cody, the way, Mark, can... what's what's a movie you're excited for coming up? I forgot oh, yeah. that we do that now. Cody, the West Wing special is already out. <laughs> no. <laughs> Mank. Mank is too far away. You guys refuse to play no. by my rules. No, it's Mank. <laughs> Um, for, for so for me it's mank um, <laughs> no i uh i am looking forward to i'm in the christmas spirit i'm looking forward to seeing fat man i'm also looking no. forward to jingle you're jingle. not allowed to say fat man i'm not allowed to say fat man <laughs> yes because it looks bad oh, and it I'm also got forward... a bunch of one stars today on letterbox i don't I'm think you looking... understand why i'm looking forward to fat man uh, yeah I just don't pay for it. That's all I ask. I'm looking forward to the sure. holiday song that Lil Nas X is dropping and the association. Yeah, that'd be pretty video. good. That'd yeah. be pretty Are good. Are you happy, Cody? Is that recent enough? No, I wanted you to pick Ammonite, which is what I thought you were gonna pick, which is the the Kate Winslet. Oh, Ammonite is show. my name, the Eddie Murphy. Uh... <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Ammonite is Saoirse Ronan, Kate Winslet. I think they're looking at rocks and also getting their rocks off with each other. It's like Sad lesbians, the movie. Oh, speaking of lesbians, three sad lesbians. There's, three. That, there's that Christmas movie that the trailer dropped. The day happiest we're recording season. this, happiest season. Yeah. Looks looks fun. Dana Levy, like him. Yeah, it's um, it's it's not in the portion of two weeks that I send you guys on the group chat. Yeah, of movies but I already from. said my portion of two weeks film, and that's okay, Batman, and that's Jingle Jangle. Okay, Jingle Jangle well, because I work great. on the show Riverdale, and that's the name of our drugs. Jingle Jangle looks fun. Yeah, it but doesn't look bad, bad, but it looks I'm fun. just in the Christmas spirit this year early. All right, so I'm excited for Freaky, a real movie. I am excited <laughs> that for Freaky. That does good. look good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where Vince Vaughn and Catherine Newton uh, switch bodies, but it's also a serial killer movie. Um, and I also am maybe, what what is the word? When like you're hesitantly, that's not really the word. Cautiously? Morbidly. Morbidly, Morbidly. is what I was Morbidly fascinated by Come Away, which is a movie that was rumored to come out a long Come time sail ago. Away. Come right. sail nope. away. Huh? Where the premise is David O'Le- David O. Russell. Nope. The guy who played um MLK and Selma. I really don't want to butcher his name. Uh David Oloyo. Uh, well, okay. Well, there's there's me butchering the name. You're welcome. Yeah, it's. I mean, it is on us. Like we should be able to. Pronounce I, I his need name to see it written down. Um, I don't know his name. It is him and Angelina Jolie are um, playing the parents of two kids. One of them is named Peter, and the other one is named Alice. And basically, the premise is Peter Pan and Alice from Alice in Wonderland, our brother and sister. But I oh. also am not quite sure what the movie is actually like sort of about. Um, so I don't know. I'm kind of interested about what. Yeah. Cautious and morbid and all those things were probably good. I think it's David Oyelowo. 
Yes, that sounds close. Hey, uh, it's also got Michael Caine in it, and it has Gugu Mbatha-Ra, who I like a lot. I don't know. Maybe this movie's good. So, cool. Um, Hey, Cody, what's the best movie of uh, first, 2007, and then also what is the best movie of our lifetime so far through 2007? The answer to both of those questions is um, no country for old men. Right, sorry. I was yeah. reading about the fact that <laughs> Come Away is directed by Brenda Chapman, who directed Brave. Um, you want to do the podcast that we record? <laughs> hey, uh, maybe. hey, Mark was in our group chat texting our friends earlier. So. And then you replied, so um, I, I'm on David Oyelowo's uh, Wikipedia page. I'm going to change my answer for upcoming movies I'm excited for. This man is in Peter Rabbit 2, so... Mark, right. you can say that one so, closer to January. What is the what is the best movie of 2007? No Country for Old Men. What is the best movie of your lifetime? I, did, I, I already said it. It's No Country for Old Men. Okay, yeah. now ask chat. Chat, I'm asking you. Uh, it's No Country for Old Men on both fronts. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And, well, no, you don't uh, know what the quote is. I don't. I'm not looking at the show notes. <laughs> thanks, everybody, for listening. And remember... Then I woke up. On the next bonus episode of Best Pictures, we're talking about the Lonely Islands debut film. This is their first film, right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm yeah. about it. Uh, Hot Rod. Uh, it is available to stream on IMDb TV, Crackle, and Pluto TV. Um, and um, we know that in many, 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 many previous episodes, we did make the illusion that we were going to talk about paranormal activity for this next. But uh, um, sometimes when IMDb and Letterboxd tells you a movie came out in 2007, what they mean is it played at a very small film festival in 2007 and actually came out in 2009. So and that was the case with paranormal activity. <laughs> If that wasn't yeah, so um, we're never going to talk about paranormal activity on this podcast until we're done with the years. Yeah, I mean, if if it got enough demand, we could. I don't know. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Have a good week, everybody. We love you.